News. Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn. So get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I'm just a devil with no despair. Well, you have made some changes, haven't you? I got my little secrets. Yeah, I can tell. Can you help me, please? Can we help you? Yes, ma'am. Well, then I'd like you to check my motor. It whistles. I don't blame it. What did you say? Oh, forgive uh, my friend, miss. He's very young. We'll be very happy to check your motor. I call a real sporty model. Oh, I agree. A beautiful line. Count? Oh, yes. Uh, that's how I started out, working on sports cars. Well, no wonder. Well, is it serious? I'll tell you one thing. You know, she got a lucky break when she stopped in here. Oh, yes. Start her up, champ. Yeah. Uh, let her rip. But I simply don't understand why I'll make it simple, ma'am. Your motor's broken. Broke? But it was running perfectly when I pulled up here, except for the whistle. Are you sure you're a mechanic? Sure I'm a mechanic. I mean, you got here just in the nick of time because we're going to have to dismantle this whole thing. Completely. It might take a whole day. A day? Maybe two. Well, if you have to. Well, it, can you lend me a car until you have mine running again? Well, we'll do better than that. I'll be happy to drive you wherever you want to go. And why should you go to all that bother? Because around here I'm known as your very bothering mechanic. I'm sure you are. Be right back. I'm sorry. 
very smart. You know what you've done? What? You don't even know the girl's name. Or do you? You could have at least taken a look at a registration slip. I had no eyes for a registration slip. My eyes were I know on. what your eyes were on. <laughs> we don't even know if she lives here or not. She could be a tourist for all we know. Mr. Jackson, trust my instincts in these matters. She could be in one of the shows. But after all, what difference does it make, my friend? Unfortunately, you are on your way to Los Angeles, and I have to work on my car. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we have no time to search for a beautiful girl. I guess you're right. Good luck. Good luck to you, too. Viva, viva. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hi, this is Etzel Ford with the Ford Motor Company, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Enjoy the show. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you missed any of our 600 and some odd shows, check out NostalgicRadioandCars.com. That's where we hide all our shows. No, we don't hide them. We put them there for the world to see and to listen to. Correct, Bobby? Your listening enjoyment. Your listening enjoyment. <laughs> so how are you doing this evening, Bob? Good. Good, good, good. Yeah, well, you know, today we picked up a set of leaf springs. Uh, hopefully they're the X code springs for the uh, the our, our, our Ford diesel excursion project that we're working on. This thing we've had for a long time. Actually, I should have had you do the, uh, remember the old video? Uh, the the old, source of many sound effects here. Yeah, yeah, the source of many sound effects up there. See if you can find that somewhere and we can throw that in there. But anyway, um, so we have this 2000 Ford Excursion with 329,000 miles on it, close to 330,000 miles on it on the 7.3 diesel four-wheel drive. And, you know, it's a pretty good old motor, you know. Uh, we're thinking, thinking, experimenting with that thing to do a little... Uh, Maybe uh, French fry oil, I don't know, cooking oil, we'll just, you know, we have to figure out how we're going to do that. But the old 7.3s, the old, old 7.3s, mechanical 7.3s, you could do that without a doubt. Just like the old diesel, uh, Mercedes diesel engines, you know, because they were just like indestructible. Well, the 7.3s, supposedly, you can do that as well, and there's a number of guys out there. And YouTube videos, you know, everybody goes to YouTube because YouTube is the YouTube U. Is that right? You yeah, do we're University? actually going to go to the uh, the rib shack and get there. Uh, have them. We're going to get some fries, and then we're going to get to have them dump all the grease into the a gas tank, tank. fuel <laughs> tank. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're right up the road now. They're right here on Cleveland Street, right? Like a filling station right there. <laughs> yeah. So on the way, in, uh, yeah, from from our shop over off Hercules Avenue, right here to the studio. Eighteen fifty Drew Street. Eighteen fifty Drew Street. Yep. I mean, I like the old address, which was four twenty six. West Bay Drive, you know, you think 426, you think elephant motor. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, diesel. And so we're going to kind of, we're not going to jack this thing, but the, the X springs are basically what they are supposedly the, I don't know, 2,800 to 3,000, 3,200 pound PSI, whatever it is, um, spring rating. So 
they use them on 450s and 550s and uh, 250s and 350s with snowplow packages. So, you know, the, the excursions and the F-350s from the factory kind of sagged a little bit in the front, and then they offered a leveling kit back in the day. But the hot setup, now, that's the cool thing about these forums. You know, you can go to the Ford F-250 forum, the Ford Excursion forum, you can read all the stuff that people have done and comments, and that's the good thing about it. It's kind of like when we go to bring a trailer. You know, you listen to the comments, and it's amazing how informative a lot of this stuff is. I mean, you think you know a lot about a car, and then there's always one or two guys that throw in some really, really cool um uh, descriptions, narratives, whatever you want to call it, and uh, comments, and they're they're usually pretty uh, enlightening. You know, of course, you always have the the know it alls and the and the not so know it alls, but nonetheless, um, you know, all these forums are a good place to go. So Monterey Collector Car Week is next week. All right, no, not next week. It's this week. It started. Uh, I just got text from everybody there. Uh, our friends over there at. Um, at uh, Haggerty and at uh, Classic Motorsports having a big... Is today? Tuesday? Two days. Yesterday they had a big... Or maybe it was today. Um, they had a uh, big gathering at the, at the Lighthouse, which is over there in Monterey. A big car show. Normally on Tuesday, which would be today, they would have the uh, concourse on the app, but unfortunately Doug's not around with, not with us anymore, so that's kind of in limbo. Tomorrow is uh, the, the little car show in downtown Monterey, which is a lot of fun because... It's when I say the little car show, we're talking little micro cars, we're talking Fiat's, we're talking Mini Coopers, we're talking MGBs and Smart Triumphs, and small cars, small bore cars, basically is what it is. You know, even Volkswagens, even 356s, you know, just all the little itty bitty little, you know, small bore under two liter cars that were really popular back in the 50s and 60s and probably early 70s. And so, and some really unusual stuff comes up. And of course, a couple of years ago, I was there and I was surprised. There was a guy there that showed up with a Volkswagen bus. There was another guy that showed up there with a Ferrari and another guy with an MGB. And they didn't even have engines in the cars. They had these little, little battery pack on a little electric motor in there, which don't ask me to comment on electric motors at any rate um but the car show is really cool it's in downtown monterey and uh it's a lot of fun and then in the afternoon is the uh motorworks revival which is now called modelux and then they're having an, a uh our friends at broad arrow we had ian on a, cu- uh, a couple weeks ago they're doing a um an auction there thursday is uh and our friends from Meekham will be there all week long they've got their big auction uh at the uh hyatt and uh, they've got a lot of cars, a lot of really cool. And Monterey's where all the cool cars are going to show up. I mean, if there's some really cool cars going to be auctioned off in the country. Three places. Indy for some interesting race cars. Amelia, obviously, particularly vintage race cars, road race cars, Porsches. And then Monterey is everything because it's just like that is the – Monterey is, is is the place to be. It's, you know, it's seven – it's a week-long uh, extravaganza and just all kinds of events. You know, you have the Legends of the Autobahn, which is strictly German cars, which is uh, Audis and Opals and Mercedes and uh, BMWs. And then you've got the Works Reunion, which is strictly Porsche. You've got, uh, and that's this weekend. And then you got Concorso Italiano. We had Tom McDowell on, our good friend from the Concorso. And that's where the, uh, uh, it's all Italian cars. That's on Saturday at the Black Horse um, uh, Country Club. Uh Friday, Thursday, Friday is the RM auction, and they've got some really incredible cars. Uh, Friday, Saturday, or Saturday is uh, Gooding. They have another huge selection of just amazing cars. Broad Air, obviously, is going to have some really amazing cars. Meekum's going to have some amazing cars. And uh, so it should be a lot of fun. And then Sat Friday is the Quail. It's a big event out there. So, you know, there's it's, there's something for everything. A lot of the stuff is, is, is high ticket. 
and a lot of the stuff is is open to the public. So uh, there's just a, and then just standing on the side of the streets, just watching the cars going up and down US one there and down uh, through Carmel and on Ocean Avenue and out down Car- Carmel Valley. It's just some pretty incredible cars. Um, so it's a lot of fun. And it's, you know, you hear me talking about these events all throughout. The, and then, of course, Sunday is Pebble Beach, the Pebble Beach Concourse. That is the, Pebble Beach is the, you know, that is the reason we all go out there in the first place. So the some of the finest cars from around the world would be on display at Pebble Beach. And then at uh, yeah, 345, 4 o'clock is when they have this, the closing ceremonies and uh, the awards. And there's no telling what will be there. And uh, just it's just a spectacular event. I mean, you hear me talking about the the uh, you know Scottsdale Collector Car Week, Amelia Island, Monterey, SEMA, you know, and there's all these really great events during throughout the year. So, um, big shout out to our friends at Fastlane Travel. They've got a uh, uh, a tour uh, uh, a tour that they're going to be doing here at the end of the month and next month actually, or middle of next month, towards the end of next month, um, a driving event up in the uh, North Georgia, Smoky Mountain foothills and Carolinas and Dragon of the Trail. That's a lot of fun. Um, a lot of this information is on our Facebook pages, and a lot of this information is on our website. Um, real quick, one of the other things that I've been doing, too, obviously you know that I do appraisals, diminished value, total losses. Something I'm working on right now, and I'll tell you about that down the road, and we'll see how this works out, is if you're familiar with these Can-Am spiders, the little three-wheel thing. Um, so I got contacted by a gentleman um, here this week, and I might be doing a diminished value on a wrecked and fixed um, Can-Am Spider. It's kind of interesting. I, you know, I'm, I'm a two-wheel guy. I'm a motorcycle guy, mostly dirt bikes and vintage bikes. And um, the three-wheel, I get it now. I didn't, you know, you don't pay a lot of attention to this stuff. Just like that other thing that you see going down the road. I'm not sure what that thing's called. Um, that uh, do you know what that is, Robbie? You know what's a, what's a three-wheel thing we always see with people, two people sitting in it. Remember what those things are called? I forget. Um, and then Can-Am. Obviously, I have an old vintage Can-Am dirt bike, 250 MX that I've had since the 70s. And um, But Can-Am, Bombardier, is a Canadian company, pretty cool. They make some pretty neat stuff. And uh, so, you know, a lot of guys, as they get older, they can't uh, throw a five, six, 700-pound, you know, Harley or Goldwing around. So the three-wheel is kind of a good deal. I mean, it's got a... Uh, I guess it's like a six-speed automatic or three-speed or five-speed or uh, CV uh, constant velocity, I think. I'm not sure what they have exactly. It varies. Um, three wheels, got a little kind of like a little gyroscope so they don't tip over. But, uh, you know, when you, as you get older and you're still in the bikes and you still like the open air blowing in your face, they're pretty cool. And uh, so uh, we'll see how that works. This one was crashed and fixed. They replaced the frame. So uh, it's a first for me on this, not first on motorcycles. I've done plenty of motorcycles, plenty of cars, even some boats. So, But we'll see where this goes. Anyway, Bobby's going to go ahead and fire up the stereo, and then we're going to get our special guest on for the evening. And uh, I guess we can skip some of the other stuff, run the song, play the uh, commercials, and then we'll come right back, and then we'll have our guests on the show. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that's going on in Monterey and some really cool cars. You tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. We're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. And uh, while Bobby's setting thing, everything up for our uh, next guest, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, um, our guest. And he's a representative with RM Auctions. And this is going to be a first because we've never had anybody on from RN, uh, RM Sotheby's. And uh, the two top auctions really are three or four. I mean, the ones that have some of the most amazing cars is RM Sotheby's, Goodings, Bonhams, and Christie's. And uh, they're some of the oldest auctions around, and they've got some incredible cars. And, of course, if you're talking pre-war cars, um, they have an amazing selection of cars this year. And RM also, they're based out of Canada. And I think they started, I guess, you know, probably somewhere in the 80s, 90s, somewhere in there. And uh, they really came on strong, um, 2007, 8. But they have a, a restoration facility. And some of the cars that they have restored, if you ever go out to Pebble, even Amelia, uh, the, um, um, and the day it was called, oh, I'm going to think here, but anyway, it was the uh, St. John's auction. Before that, it was, um, God, my memory slips me. But the, some of the cars that they've uh, restored have been, have won prestigious uh, uh, concourse first place awards, particularly at Pebble Beach. If you win a first place at Pebble Beach. Now, let me explain you a little bit how concourse works. Um, so I'm going to digress just for a second there. So if a car gets invited to be on the lawn at a concourse, for example, uh, Pebble, uh, Amelia, St. John's, Villeste in, in Italy, for example, which is where the whole concourse started. It was in Europe. Um it's because the car is very unique and has very interesting history and provenance. Provenance is, again, the history of the car, uh, the story of the car, the life of the car. And uh, so when these cars win an award, that it sets it, 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 it gives the car a value. And so it's gotten to be where some of these cars, you know, that have won multiple awards, an award at Amelia or St. John's or, let's say, Pebble, and then when that car goes to auction, it ha- it's, it's like a, it develops a, a, it's a pedigree. And uh, so that is the goal of some of these owners that have some of these cars, that they want these cars restored. Now, you know, I always take the issue that a lot of these cars are over-restored, Okay, they're restored better than they were when they were new, but that's the expectation. So you have the survivor car car guy like me, and then you've got the 
uh, and I like the barn finds because they're all original and they're only original ones. And then you've got the cars that have been gone through. But when you see these cars up close and personal, and and I'm going to talk about RM because a few years back they had a a Hork, and uh, and uh, it was which is basically an outer union. And then when he changed companies, they came out with Hork. Hork actually is German for listen, and um, which is basically like top of the line, like a Maybach or a Mercedes. And you look at the quality. I mean, it's like they're so perfect you don't even want to touch them. You know, I know I, I've done some cars that were SEMA quality cars. And I, I said, I don't know if I want to touch that car because it's so perfect. I did a, an appraisal, or not an appraisal, but I did a, a narrative. When I used to write for Sports Car Market, there was a 300 SL that I did. I, I wrote a little narrative on. And I said, the car was so perfect, the only flaw in the car was my fingerprint. That's how perfect some of these cars are. It's absolutely incredible. And and, and when you see some of these collections and, you know, the Nethercut collection, uh, the Blackhawk collection, the Bruce Meyer collection, um, just incredible stuff. How are we doing there, Bobby? We ready? Yes. So uh, we're going to fire up the stereo and play a little clip. Oh, we had. Okay. And then, uh, and then we'll get our guest on the line, and I'm sure he's anxious to come on and talk a little bit, too. And, um, but anyway, some of these cars are pretty amazing. And I'm on the website right now, and there's some pretty amazing pre-war cars. I love old Mercedes-Benzes. I love vintage Bugattis. Um, and then the newer stuff, you know, a couple E-Type Jags, some Maseratis, Porsches, obviously. Um, and then we move into the late 70s and 80s, and we got Lamborghini Countach's. We got 928 Porsches. In fact, there's one car on that was owned by, formerly owned by uh, George Harrison. So, anyway... Play what you have, Bobby, and we'll go with that. We'll roll with it. And then uh, we'll go ahead and get our guests on the phone. And then... Oh, I like that. Why don't you go ahead and call our guests, and then uh, let's listen to a little uh, Elvis Presley, because today is the anniversary of the passing of the king. Turn into Nostalgia Radio and Cars. Don't touch that doll. We'll be right back. when you start buying pieces you don't know anything about. Enjoyment's enjoyment, Sandy. Don't worry about it. All right, all right. Tommy. Tommy, for God's sakes, come on. We're late as it is. All right, Sandy. Is that one of those red Italian things? One of those red Italian things. Hi, this is Gary Patterson, president of Shelby American. Hey, we're back, and you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. This is... So it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This gentleman is Global Head of Auctions for R.M. Sotheby's. I'm delighted to welcome to Nostalgic Auto, or Nostalgic Radio and Cars, I should say, Gord Duff. Gord, how are you this evening? Yeah, I'm doing great. So, R.M. Sotheby's, probably the foremost world-recognized number one classic collector car auction 
in the world. So uh, you've got some pretty amazing cars. We've got Monterey, which is this week as we speak. So tell us about some of the amazing cars that you've got there. Yeah, so I'm out in Monterey. Our sales this uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evening, and we've got uh, just about 200 cars that we'll be offering over the three evenings. Um, so we've got everything from a 1916 Pierce Arrow through to some great 50s, 60s American um, uh, race cars, uh, some great Ferraris up to modern-day collectibles like a 1992 Ferrari F40 and a 2008 Lamborghini Reventon that they only built 20 of. There's two cars that are being auctioned, and I, are they going through your block? One is a McLaren F1, and I think it has some interesting history, and another one is this unusual Ferrari F40. Can you yeah, share a story or two about those cars? We have them out here on display, and they're actually not going to be sold in our live auction this weekend, but they're going to be sold in a private online auction that um, we'll be holding. So oh. so uh, what's the story on the Ferrari? I was looking at that, and that's a real interesting piece, the F40. It, it was just, it was born a streetcar, and early on in its life, it got sent to Michelotto to have a conversion done to LM spec just mm-hmm. for a, a private person to um, race. Um, and it went through getting painted from red to yellow, and um, then when it was bought by the current owner, he decided to kind of make it his own, which is something that's coming into fashion nowadays. And he picked the colors and the interior and kind of did a cosmetic restoration on it um, you know, before uh, bringing it up for sale. So it's a street-legal, 1,000-horsepower race car. Okay, so what's the the, cur- the market on an F40 right now? Uh, let's just say a U.S. car is what currently? Um, we have a 1992 that we're selling or offering this weekend. Uh, they built the least amount of them in 92, so it's the most desirable. And I think we have a 2.5 to 2.8 estimate on that car. So in the last 24 months, those cars have really accelerated. Those were a you know, 1.2 to $1.5 million car. And then last year they shot up to two and now they're kind of a two and a half to three car, depending on mileage condition, that kind of stuff. So this car being modified, where should it place? I mean, what would be the auction estimate on this car? Um, It's a car that we feel honestly can sell for as much as a great original example. So we think it, it, you know, could bring north of $3 million. Oh, wow. Now, the European F40 versus a U.S. F40, so they came out when? It was 98, 99, or no, 88, uh, 89 to 92, right? There was like a three- or four-year uh, like run? 80, yeah, 87 to 92. Okay. And they built, um, off the top of my head, you know, if they built a 1,000 European specs, they built, you know, 250 300 u.s specs over that time so the 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 u.s spec cars they built far less of them and that's why in america they've always just been worth more money okay um the 1924 hispano suezo this is a a pretty incredible car tell us a little bit about that one i'm i've I've got your website up so i'm looking at some of the cars and i'll just throw them out at you see how we go it is the most important Hispano Suiza ever built. It's it's always been, you know, the pinnacle of someone's collection is that car. 
1924, that car was built for an individual to race the Targa Floria. Um, and then right after it was raced, they put fenders on it, put a windshield on it, and kind of turned it more into a street car, so to speak. But the body was built by a company called Newport that built uh, airplanes um, back during that time. So the body's very light on the chassis. Um, so it made for, you know, a really good race car, but, um, it's a car that's just, it's always been around. It's never been lost in history. It's got a very original body on it. And, you know, to many collectors, that's the Holy grail of Hispana Suiza's. Okay. I was talking about, uh, um, addressing provenance earlier in the show. Um, tell us about, explain to our listeners your perspective on provenance on a vehicle and how it affects the value and the uniqueness of a car um especially on the really old cars let's say for example the hispano you know what adds value to it is that the ownership's been known throughout its history it didn't have a a period where nobody knows where it was for 30 or 40 years but continuous ownership is tremendously important um you know, the quality of how the car was throughout those years. It was never left out in a field. It was always, you know, a great example that was always, you know, so to speak, parked in a garage. The fact that, you know, it wasn't raced and crashed and had to get refixed, that, you know, the original drivetrain stayed with the car its entire life. Um, who raced a car would add value if it was somebody, um, you know, very significant and, um, depending on who did the restoration, let's say, if a restoration was done to a car, certain shops add more value, credibility to a car than others. Okay. Uh, another card you have while we're on the subject of provenance is uh, a 1980 Porsche 928 that was formerly owned by George Harrison. So here now we have a car that's got celebrity association. Tell us about that, how that affects the value. I mean, those cars in general are, are becoming very... Uh, popular I, I don't know how much his value or his ownership will add value but to certain people obviously it will and whether that's a 10 percent value add or a 50 percent you know somebody like steve mcqueen you know he owned a car we sold several cars that he owned at one time and, and they'll bring anywhere from four to seven times what that car is actually worth so certain people add, obviously, more value than others. The George Harrison Porsche is very cool. I don't know how much value it's actually going to add, but, you know, we're going to find out this weekend. <laughs> we are. This is true. The Maserati Ghibli Spider prototype. Operative word there, prototype. Tell us about that. Um, there aren't many. Sometimes prototypes have very special features where they have a different scoops on them, different brakes, maybe a different motor. Um that's the first one built, so considered the prototype, but, but it's special being chassis one, but there's nothing, um, so to speak, one-off about it that makes it different from, you know, chassis number two or chassis number five. It's had a good ownership history. It's got a great restoration to it, and, you know, they don't come up very often with their original drivetrain in them as well. So I think all those things together, and there are certain collectors that love buying the first car built or the last car built in a run the uh you have a uh, a slew of bugattis so tell us a little bit about the bugatti market um so we're selling a collection for a gentleman that passed away uh last year by the name of oscar davis that had a very 
significant collection of cars, mostly post-war Ferraris and pre-war European sports cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and he accumulated over a you know, 30, 40-year period uh, a number of uh, Bugattis. Um, the engineering of them is fabulous, and, and he kind of just started getting into them. We have a 1939 Bugatti Aravis that is a great car. They only built three of them. Um, it's just one of the most beautiful, probably, Bugatti uh, drop tops that they ever made. Um, and then he's got a few others that are actually recreations of original bodies where um, there's a, a 1938, we call it a Type 57S, and it's in the style of Corsica. And Corsica was a very um, important coach builder back in the day, and at some point, the body that was on this chassis got lost, and then Oscar decided to recreate this beautiful Corsica body to put on this chassis. So it's a car that, if it had its original body, it'd be a $10 million-plus car, and the fact that it's got a recreation body on it, it's you know more in the seven to 900 range. So it, you know... Somebody can put it in their museum and obviously have the the look of the ten million dollar car for a fraction of the price. How do the, how are those cars judged? You know, when they show up at a concourse, I mean, are they they they're putting in a, in a in really not a, a, cla- a class of original, but like a class? You know how we in the in recent years, um, survivor class has has shown up okay and yep. people are taking huge notice to that so but you're also what i've also seen in the last decade or so is recreations most notably a testarossa so here's a and and then you've got the other ferraris and other uh, you know exotic cars and pre-war and post-war cars so is there gonna is, is the anticipation that these cars because many of them have you know, legitimate frames, original running gear, but the bodies and coachwork were kind of recreated. Is there going to be a class for these cars at at uh, at, at concourse events or shows? Is that I a tough one? I think so. I mean, it's a bit of a... Personally, I, I can appreciate uh, very uh, beautiful Concorde d'Elegant style cars, and I think, you know, not the Pebble Beach so to speak, of car shows, but there's lots of other ones around the country that would appreciate, you know, seeing a car, even though it's got a recreation body on it to an original spec. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they'll ever have a class for it, so to speak. I, I think you just see them sprinkled in at different shows here and there, whether it be a, a Bugatti, an Alfa, or, you know, maybe a Ferrari. Okay. Um, RM also has a restoration facility, and I've seen some of the cars that have come out of there because they've many of them have appeared on the lawns uh, yep. with with amazing restorations and uh, first place awards. So tell us about the uh, RM restoration facility. So uh, I'm born and raised in the hometown. Our our company was founded in Chatham, Ontario. It's about an hour from Detroit, three hours from Toronto, farming community. And we started in the restoration business, and that's how the company was founded and then slowly got into buying and selling cars, and then we got into the auction business in the 90s. And the restoration business has always been there, and it's grown to, we have 50,000 square feet under roof. We have 35 guys restoring, 35 people restoring cars. We do every single aspect aside from the chrome. We do all the machine work for the motors. We do all our own upholstery work, our paint work. But, you know, we can take a car from 
start to finish without it ever leaving our shop, which a lot of other places sub things out. Um, and we've won Pebble Beach Best of Show, which is like winning the Super Bowl, Kentucky Derby. We've done that six times in, I think, the last 15 years. And, you know, we have a um, couple significant cars coming out uh, this year as well that uh, uh, our shop's just done. So um, it's it's going really well, and we, we do everything from pre-war American and European classics to some post-war uh, Ferraris, Mercedes, um, things like that. But uh, it's you know been an integral part of our business for a long time and actually helps the auction side of our business as well when we're um, getting ready to sell, let's say, a collection of cars, but they've been sitting for five years, ten years. We're able to bring those cars up to our facility, go through them all, do any kind of work that's needed in order to get them running properly before they're offered at sale. When when a car is found, and let's just say a survivor barn find, when do you, where do you, I don't want to say draw the line, where do you make the determination, okay, we're going to leave this car alone, or we're going to restore this? And it's probably generally up to the, 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 the purchaser of the vehicle, but obviously they consult somebody, and very often they'll consult a restoration facility, one of the top in the country, like yourselves. Mm-hmm. It's... Honestly, in my experience, it's it's the the owner of the car that's determining, you know, what they want to do. We've um, we did a mechanical restoration on a Duesenberg for uh, a gentleman that it was an original paint, original interior, nineteen twenty nine Duesenberg, and we restored the whole drivetrain, the engine, we rebuilt the transmission, we rebuilt the brakes, everything, but we never touched it so looking at the engine it looks like an old tired paint chrome falling off it engine but it's all brand new internals inside it so that you know he would be able to drive it down the road but it was a a great untouched example sometimes cars although they're really original they're you know the paint's falling off them or it's had some work over the years where it's it's too far gone to kind of save so it's you just go into restoring the whole car but it's honestly mainly driven by whoever buys it. And some people love the originality and they just want to own the car in their garage or drive it. And others are like, I want to go to Pebble beach. So, you know, um, they don't really care how original it is. They want it to be perfect and brand new looking. And, you know, that's what we end up doing for them. We have a great, um, 540 K special roadster. We're selling Thursday night. That's a 13,000 original mile car. It got painted once in the fifties, but, engine's never been out of the chassis the body's never been off the chassis it's got lots of original chrome on it still it's got original stickers on the oil cans under the engine it's a fantastic thing that you could still show in a preservation class even though it's had this paintwork but you know on one hand it would be a shame to blow the car apart and you know make it perfect and restored because there's lots of beautifully restored special roadsters out there um and it'd be nicer to kind of you know, maybe clean it up a bit and leave it as is, but that'll ultimately come down to whoever ends up buying the car on Thursday evening. So how many hours does it take on average? And I know it's probably going to vary because, I mean, restoring a, a 300, I know I had Mike, I talked to Mike Kuntz one time, Kuntz mm-hmm. with uh, Mercedes Classic, and he was telling me it's often four to 5,000 hours to do a, a 300 SL Gullwing. So I would imagine, and that's a fairly sophisticated car, and, and with a real intricate 
frame and a lot of detail. And I would imagine it's pretty close. Let's say if you're doing a a, a, a pre-war Duesenberg as well, right? Um, or a special camera Mercedes. I mean, they're all difficult to do. I, in my view, uh, a 300 SL. I mean, once you take the paint off it, if it isn't a car that got you know, in an accident patched up, if you can strip it and the body's pretty straight, I'm, they're a lot easier to do than I feel in my mind a, a pre-war classic where it's got a lot of wood, you know, the, the mm-hmm. structure, the frame steel, but all the, the structure that the body's molded around is wood. And if that has deteriorated, you're into, you know, restoring or replacing wood within the car and that becomes very time consuming. And, you know, sometimes you don't, know it until you start tearing the car apart as to you know how good or bad it is but you know typically for us we're i don't know hour wise but but you know we're 12 to 18 months to do a car you know depending on the car if somebody buys a car this weekend it goes to our shop first of september could it possibly be on the lawn of pebble beach you know next august yes it can um but we've had some take a little longer if they're more uh you know, intricate or there's more details or we're chasing certain parts for the car that, you know, it can take longer. Okay. Uh, share with us a couple cars that, uh, that, that, that strike your fancies. What are some of your favorites that are going to the auction? I mean, the Tulip Wood was one of them we already talked about. I just, mm-hmm. that's a super important car. And, you know, I don't, I think it came to auction once in the sixties. So the fact that, you know, it's been so long without coming up, really for sale i think is a it's going to be a very special moment when that car sells um obviously the the 410s ferrari that we're selling saturday evening um that's one of our star lots in my mind i I mean being you know from north america i mean carol shelby it's it's the car that he raced and won the most with for ferrari and you know for i think somebody especially north america that's huge Mm -hmm. You're buying before he got into building his own cars that, you know, after he left Aston Martin, he went to Ferrari. And this is one of the cars that he raced and won so many races with. Um, That's kind of one of the favorites for me. Um, And we've got a great Duesenberg that we're selling, uh, I think, on Friday evening. And it's a one-off, a disappearing top roadster by a coach builder was Rolston, but it's been with the same owner since 1967. Oh, wow. So I put a lot of emphasis on, on cars that are under long-term ownership. Uh, we sell lots of Duesenbergs, you know, over the years that I've been around, but to have one that somebody has owned for that long, I honestly don't remember the last time that type of car came up that had been under such long-term ownership. So that's a really special thing to be able to offer. Um, RM does a number of auctions in, uh, in Europe and two that I think are significant. Well, three actually is you've got Monte Carlo, Monaco, you've got St. Moritz, which is Switzerland. And then of course, London. Yep. So tell us a little bit about the Monaco one, because does that take place, uh, near around the same time as the uh, race does over there? Is there we, a we did our first auction in Monaco in 2010, and we actually time it the same weekend as the historic Grand Prix. Right. So that's two weeks before the modern race, 
and it's every other year. So we went to Monaco in 2010, 2012, you know, 14, 16. Um, in the opposite May, we do a sale in uh, Villa d'Est on Lake Como in Italy. Oh, wow. There's a concord that's been going on there since the 20s, early 30s. Um, and we have a auction that we do there on the uh, opposite years of the Monaco Historics. Okay. So we've, we do that. We do one in Paris, France during Retromobile in February, where Retromobile is one of the biggest classic car shows um, in Europe. Um, Monaco, Italy, St. Moritz was just a new auction that we started uh, last year during there's a, a famous hill climb that goes on. Uh, just outside St. Moritz, but it's a very boutique auction where we'll offer, uh, I think this year we're going to have about 25 cars, so it's a very small auction, high value, but, you know, uh, in an hour and 20 minutes, the sale's done. Um, and then we even did one in the Middle East, uh, in Abu Dhabi a few years ago, pre-COVID during the Formula One race. That was um, very successful for us. Really? Interesting. So, are there? Are you doing any over in Japan or any place like that? Anything in the Far East? Uh, nothing yet. It's definitely an area that we want to um, explore. Um, you know, there's some regulations with cars, depending on which places you can import them to, if they're right drive. Different years of cars are, are harder, but you know, it's definitely something that I see in our our future. I just don't know if it's. Uh, two years out, five years out, but um, something we definitely want to plan and expand into. Okay. Um, Gord, yourself, what do you have in your stables? I understand you're a, kind of a Shelby guy. That's kind of why I had uh, Gary, I had Gary's liner set up for you on the show here yeah. from yeah, Shelby yeah. American. So I understand you have a 66 Shelby. Yeah, I have a 66 GT350 that I've probably owned for 11 or 12 years. Uh-huh. Um, and it's kind of cool for me in the fact that it was sold new in Windsor, Ontario. So that car was sold 45 minutes away from me. Uh-huh. And it stayed in Windsor its whole life until I bought it about 12 years ago. And, you know, I've done a number of rallies. Uh, there's one in Arizona called the Copper State. Uh-huh. Uh, I did that probably five different times. I drove it from Scottsdale out to L.A. after to our office uh, a couple times. And, you know, I've probably put 25,000 miles on it since I've had it. So it's a car that... You know, I drive to the grocery store, I drive to work in the summer. It's, you know, it's the one car I'll never sell. Good for you. Um, and then I have a 2015 GT350 uh, that I got a couple of years ago. They they only built 100 of them in the first year, so it's kind of a special car. And then uh, I've got a 62 Lincoln uh, Continental Convertible that uh, I can take out with my family because I've got uh, three small kids, so it's something we can uh, all take out together. Well, it sounds like you're like sounds like you're like me. You're a Ford guy, so uh, kudos there, buddy. <laughs> my my dad was a Ford dealer. I grew up that you know you weren't allowed to have anything else other than a Ford in the driveway. And you know, one time when I bought a GMC pickup, it was you know I had to park it on the street, not the driveway. <laughs> but I just kind of grew up around around those. So yeah. That sounds great. All right. Well, it just so happens I'm one of the state reps for the Shelby Club, and I, too, have a couple Shelbys, so I can uh, we can identify there. Listen, um, we're just about up against the clock, so if people want to find out more about RM Sotheby's, how do they go about doing it, and this auction in particular? Uh, if you just go to our website, uh, to RM Sotheby's, you'll see everything about the Monterey auction online. If, if 
you know, you can internet bid, you can get registered to telephone bid, but it's it's the biggest, it's going to be the biggest auction in our company's history. So we have a lot of tremendously important and valuable cars uh, selling this weekend, uh, as well as the McLaren F1 that we're doing a, a private auction on, and as well as that, you know, F40 LM. But uh, um, yeah, you can go to the website and check out all the cars that we have online. Sounds good. Now, what's coming up in Florida? we got about 30 seconds. You got a couple auctions coming up in Florida this fall, I think, or I know obviously Florida. Amelia Island is next year, but we is there something coming Amelia up this fall? Island in March, and and we'll be announcing one here in the next few weeks down in South Florida, but it'll be a, a pretty special boutique auction that we'll be hosting. Okay. Well, it sounds like you guys are uh, you know on your mark as usual, and uh, we look forward to attending the auction. We'll be there in a couple of days. Look forward to seeing you and meeting you. And uh, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So I want to thank my special guest this evening, Gord Duff, Global Head of Auctions for uh, RM Sotheby's. Probably just the most amazing, like he said, the most amazing collection of cars this year to be offered at Monterey. It's projected to do over $200 million in sales, right? Yeah, we're, uh, we're hoping we should be able to exceed that. That's a record. That would be yeah. a way over record. That would well, be a, a yeah, top for our, our company in history. So we have the product this year to do it, and we have a big team here that's working really hard to make it all happen. Well, sounds uh, sounds like you got your work cut out for you, and sounds like you're going to uh, hit the mark. So, Gord, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here again, and uh, look forward to seeing you here in a couple of days. All right, great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Our special guest, Gord Duff from uh, RM... Sotheby's auction. Well, Bobby, you know what? It's uh, the stock. The stock market is going crazy, and the collected car market is going crazy. So, you know, again, uh, thanks for joining us here at Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday between seven and eight p.m. for the most legendary and fascinating names in music and in automotive. Now. In a couple of weeks, we'll get back to a couple of musical guests we have lined up for us. But in the meantime, a lot of car stuff going on. So I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in. Don't forget to share uh, all your uh, uh, share us on your social media network, right, Bobby? That's right. Okay. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, and more. Yep. And uh, you know, so we've got some more events coming up this fall. A lot of stuff. The weather's getting better. Get out and drive your cars. Have a lot of fun. In the meantime. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.